All right. Welcome to the We Just Work Here pod. And this is going to be my first solo episode. I'm really excited to do this. Um, a couple weeks ago, I asked on LinkedIn for people to share with me any questions they had related to the job search or having a job in general. And I would do my best to answer them on a podcast. And that is this podcast. So um, stay tuned for a few great questions um, sent in. But before we do that, just want to give a big shout out to my friend Hayes. Um, he has given me and created this brilliant intro that I just played for you all. So <laughs> excited to bring the podcast up into the 21st century here and have a few more bells and whistles. Um, hopefully we're going to up the production value in year two of the podcast. But for now, thanks, Hayes. I love it. Um, all right. We're going to jump right in. So kicking off our questions today, the first question sent in was, how do I know I should take the job I'm offered? Um, I thought this was a really interesting question because I've definitely wondered this myself. And I think probably a lot of people have, you know, for some, it's just not a total slam dunk. You're not getting a job offer and immediately knowing like, yeah, this is it. This is the one. Um, and for some of us, we're sort of left wondering, is this the best possible, you know, role I could accept right now? Or is this even the right role for me? And so I guess in thinking about it for myself um, in the past, what I've come back to is what is my gut instinct telling me right here? So I'm a big believer in your gut instinct. I really think that if you pay attention to it, it will not steer you wrong. So um, I, I think I've been able to look at every single one of my job moves and see how in the moment I, you know, took a little bit of time after I got the job offer and sat with it and just tried to listen and hear what my job was, or what my gut rather was telling me about the job. And um, in that moment, you kind of get a sense of like, yeah, okay, there's some peace, there's calm here. I'm okay with it. Maybe I feel a little jittery, nervous. Maybe I'm not sure I, I have what it takes. Um, but there's a, an inner sense that this is the right move for you. Um, and I, I really think that every single one of us can dig into that. So probably more on that another time on the podcast, but another thing I think you can ask yourself is, do you see a path to your five or 10 year goals through this position? You know, is this something that's going to keep building the story of your, um, you know, the story your career is telling and is it going to fulfill some of your larger goals? So if you have financial goals or it allows you to stay living near family or, um, you know, it's taking you on an adventure and having you relocate to another part of the country or whatever the case may be, I think you have to ask yourself what's really important to you and where do you want to be in the next five and 10 years? And if you can't see how this job plays a role in getting you to that point, might be worth rethinking the acceptance. Um, and then I think last but not least, I think you should ask yourself how excited you are. Um, does it seem exciting? Do you feel a little sense of excitement in taking the role? If you don't, if you feel just a sense of dread, again, back to the gut instinct thing, I really think that's very telling. Um, and I would definitely say take a pause if you have kind of an inner sense of like, oh, I just, I don't really want to do this. Of course, all of this with the caveat that you're not feeling very urgent or you don't desperately need to accept a job. I do think in that case, if you need to take a job, um, take it. You know, if, if your financial future is really hinging on you taking a job right now, I don't think there's anything wrong with taking something and 
um, securing some financial stability for yourself and then sort of rethinking things down the road. You know, nothing is permanent. You're not locking yourself in forever. So, you know, kind of remove the idea of permanence from your mind when you're thinking about your next position. Okay. Question number two. What do you think the difference is between networking versus creating connections? Okay, so I was thinking about this question before I jumped on today. Um, I guess I'm not saying that either is easy, but I definitely think that one of these two options kind of becomes easier with time and the other stays sort of formulated, formulaic. So um, networking, in my mind, is a little bit more transactional. Um and I, I don't want that to sound, you know, negative by any means. I think networking is really important. Um, but I guess creating connection and the difference between them um, is really about something that you build on with time. It's like creating a foundation with people that you you build something on um, and maybe you build something together. So creating connection in my mind really involves adding value. Uh, and I also think seeing people as individuals sort of noticing and remembering what they're interested in and what they're involved with, um, you know, maybe where they've worked in the past or where they've been hoping to work in the future. And I also think it becomes a web of people who are sort of symbiotically supporting each other. So it can really turn into like lifelong friendships, future business partners, um, you know, your next job or an idea for a newsletter or a book or something. So I guess that's the biggest difference I see it as, you know, networking is, um, you know, it's, it can be a little bit more tit for tat. Um, you know, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. What can I do for you and what can you do for me? And there's nothing wrong with that. And, and at times we've all needed that. But I definitely think that um, creating connections, especially virtual ones, starts to involve um, knowing and understanding people on a more personal level. And that can take time to develop. But definitely can reap the rewards down the line. So, um, okay, that was a quick answer, but hopefully a succinct one. <laughs> um, question number three, something I noticed candidates not doing enough of. This was from another recruiter friend of mine. So um, they said, why do candidates not show employers what problem they are going to solve for them. Um, I thought this was interesting and, and maybe it sounds a bit rhetorical, but um, I guess when I was thinking about it, uh, I'll relate it specifically back to one example I think is interesting. Um, thank you notes. The thank you note that you might send to the person who just interviewed you. Um, I see a lot of candidates missing out on the opportunity to use that um, to share with the employer or hiring manager any other details around what you can do and um, why maybe what you can do is going to mean amazing things for them and why they should hire you. So um, my friend was sort of asking a bit more about why this happens. And I honestly think that there's just a lack of um, education maybe around this topic. Like people think that what they should do is just send a generic, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. I really look forward to the opportunity to work for you. Um, but they don't give or they don't take every opportunity to kind of create that compelling story around why. Um, and chances are you left the interview process with a couple things unsaid, with a few stories about your achievements not shared. Um, the thank you note is an amazing opportunity to do just that. So this is just one example, but um, 
I definitely agree with uh, my friend. It's it's uh, it's something that I've noticed quite a bit that candidates are sort of missing opportunities to show the employer what problem you're going to solve for them and how they can be uniquely solved by you. Um, so I guess a couple more examples on this topic. Um, I think it's important to share ideas in maybe perhaps it's the thank you note. Maybe it's, um, you know, a different kind of follow-up. Maybe you're just checking in to see, you know, maybe you haven't heard back in a few days and you want to say, you know, it's been a few days and I just was thinking about the role. And maybe that's a great opportunity to say um, or share some ideas for how your background could translate into more impressions, more sales, more brand awareness, you know, et cetera. Um, or maybe share how your skill set might help them stay organized or gather stronger data-driven insights and like actually show them or build them a mini spreadsheet or something, you know, just don't do a ton of work. Of course, we don't want to give out free work to employers, but just get creative and show them what you can do just even in a small way. Um, and I promise that's going to help you a lot in the process, even, um, you know, kind of maybe move you forward to the next round. So just a note to any candidates out there. All right, next question. Why are we afraid to voice our opinions in all hands meetings when they're begging for feedback? In my opinion, people are often vulnerable in the past and then leadership brushes it aside. Um, this is really a tale as old as time, isn't it? Um, I mean, I think if they are begging for feedback and they're saying that and then making it really hard to actually give anonymous feedback in a safe way that makes employees feel certain there will be, you know, kind of no repercussions. That's really tough. I mean, is that a safe environment? Um, I think that's arguable. Um, but if in this person's case, people have dared to share, but it fell on deaf ears, I mean, why stick your neck out, right? Um, I think leadership definitely owes employees the request for feedback in the first place. So step one, accomplished. But then you obviously have to give, I think, safe pathways to make it happen. Um, and then a follow-up, you know, a meeting to share what they learned um, because there's always an opportunity for your leadership to do better, to know their employees um, in a more, you know, a more real way, more authentic way. And then come to the table with what steps they plan to take. And, you know, I've seen it done really successfully where there's actually a committee um, of people who help kind of hold leadership accountable to that and to help drive, um, you know, that plan of action forward. So there's always room to improve, you know. So um, I think feedback can be so beneficial and it can really change the trajectory of an organization if, if everyone's kind of really willing to take responsibility and is willing to put their ego aside and say, yeah, I mean, I can always do better. And I, you know, I think we've seen that really succeed in organizations when it starts at the top. So um, to the gentleman who asked this question, why are we afraid to voice our opinions? I think it's because people don't feel safe and they don't really believe that leadership is going to do anything. Um, and in my previous life in advertising, I think I saw um, the challenges there for leadership to take action were just conflicting viewpoints on how to take that feedback if it was even legitimate. Um, and then I think there was a question mark around how to achieve, um, you know, some of the, the goals or how to take some of that feedback, put it into action when there were 
you know, some other seemingly bigger, more important tasks at hand, right? Um, so ultimately, everyone is selling a product and trying to make money. So when when that is kind of a struggle, or we're not meeting certain goals, or we're beholden to you know shareholders um, or investors, I think sometimes feedback falls down the list of things that are important to tackle. So um, hopefully that sheds a little bit light around why that happens. Not trying to defend leadership teams, but more so um, just to share that I think there are a variety of reasons um, that there can be a struggle to take feedback or to, um, you know, even ask for it in the first place. Um, And hopefully that gives us all a little extra grace for each other. Um, Okay, next question. Oh, I think this is our last question as well. Okay. And it's a doozy. Is sales still a good career option? I laughed when I read this because I totally understand why someone might be feeling this type of way, especially after last year. Wow. Um, The short story is that sales isn't going anywhere. Uh, The product is the thing that's going to keep changing. So I think just kind of paying attention to the markets and seeing where the future products may pop up, um, that is going to do you a lot of good, right? Like products are going to keep coming and going throughout the ages. Um, So I think it's up to us to see where there's a hole in the market or where there's kind of a lot of chatter. Um, Case in point, AI, lots of chatter about that. And I think we'll keep seeing AI-related products popping up. As long as you can see a product market fit, I think you're golden. The tricky thing there is that product market fit is in no way a static thing. It's totally changing all the time, maybe faster than ever. Um, So that's when you have to stay vigilant about, um, you know, just kind of know when it's time to pivot, right? Know when maybe the company you're working for and their product is falling by the wayside or isn't able to keep up. Um, I think it's smart to maybe at some points in your life, take a risk, jump on with a startup, um, join a smaller company doing something really innovative. If you have the capacity to do that, I think it can really pay off long-term. Um, And that's not to say it's always in tech. It could be in a variety of industries, but whatever uh, starts to become cutting edge, unless you're the type of person who wants to start your own product or company, um, which more power to you. I think those people are amazing. If you're going to join a company, it's definitely good to stay on top of researching market trends. And um, yeah, that's my advice, I guess. Okay. Short and sweet for this solo pod. Um, That's it for questions today. Big thanks um, to everyone who sent in a few cues for me to respond to. And thanks for everyone for listening. Um, Appreciate you joining me for this final podcast of 2023 over the holiday break. Um, Big year for me this year, actually, in just getting this podcast off the ground. Pretty proud of that, to be honest. Um, thanks to anyone who listened. And a huge final thank you to every one of my guests who shared their time and wisdom this year. I'm wishing everyone hope for a new chapter um, and determination to just push on into becoming yourself, whatever the circumstances. Um, really excited about 2024, seeing some good energy kind of already building in um, the job market. So excited to be of service to you all along the way. 
Don't forget, we just work here. Our job isn't who we are, so keep your chins up. Cheers.